Welcome to Coaching Carrie, the podcast where two lawyers turned life and leadership coaches rewatch Sex and the City and can't help but wonder, how would Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, and Samantha's lives have been different if they just had a coach to help them along? So I was listening to my favorite Six Feet Under rewatch podcast again this week. Um, And just a refresher, it's called We're Still Not Over Six Feet Under. And um, they were doing an interview episode with a guy named Matt Zoller-Seitz, who I had never heard of before. And he's apparently an author who writes about television and has several books um, specifically about early aughts series and even more specifically about early aughts HBO series. So I think he's got a Sopranos book and a Deadwood book currently. So they were talking to him about Six Feet Under. And during the interview, he was talking about how all HBO shows in the early aughts basically centered on a particular type of antihero. And so like Tony Soprano is one of them and Nate Fisher is one and like even Larry David is one. Uh And he actually made the point that Carrie Bradshaw was also – an HBO anti-hero, but never gets credit for it because she was a woman. And I thought that was so interesting because, yeah, she's sort of awful in the same way these male anti-heroes are awful, but we don't actually think about women being anti-heroes. Yeah, yeah. And it was excellent timing because we came up to this episode, which she's awful. I hate every minute of percent. Every minute of Carrie in this episode makes me want to just throttle her. <laughs> yeah, no, and and I mean, so I'm just like as we talk about antiheroes, like I think um, anyway, I could go on a whole sidebar, but I feel like <laughs> like there's a whole Shameless brought a new level of female antihero too. Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah, I mean, there's not a hero in like everybody is an antihero in Shameless. They're like mm. the people that you that you like start to care about, but always do bad things. Like it's just, anyway, um, <laughs> it's a good yeah. show worth watching, but this, I mean, I was like, ew, just, ew, she's, and we talked about it a little bit last episode, but she has like, so centered herself in this without oh any God. empathy for what anyone else might be going through. And it makes me absolutely crazy. So I'll give a quick summary and then I'll go probably on a rant after that, but yeah, um, let's do it. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah. Here we are, season four, episode seven, Time and Punishment, which first aired on July 8th, 2001. And this episode is all about forgiving and forgetting, or maybe it's about you have to be punished in order to be forgiven. I'm a little unclear, Um, but I'm going to break it down by storyline and dispense with the sort of filler stories first. So we have um, Samantha, who um, someone does the unforgivable to her and steals her cab. She takes it back by getting in the cab with him. And of course, they end up, as one might expect, in bed. Mm-hmm. The same cab stealer later tells her after a subsequent encounter that she is in need of some bikini area grooming. I mean, bikini area grooming, which is, of course, another infraction in her book because he's apparently very hairy, both down there and everywhere. Very um, hairy. <laughs> So they meet up again and she tells him that she's frustrated with him saying that. And he says, well, you know, how can I get you to forgive me? And she says that she will forgive him if she can also shave him. So we've got that storyline. All right. 
Then we have Miranda and Charlotte who get into an early morning phone kerfuffle and more on that in a minute. Um, But that leads to Miranda throwing her neck out and she calls Carrie for help. Carrie has a big meeting with an editor that she doesn't feel she can cancel. So she sends Aiden instead. Aiden arrives to find Miranda naked on the bathroom floor. Of course, he rescues her and takes her to the chiropractor. She is prescribed a neck brace and bed rest. And Carrie arrives the next day with some feel better bagels. But Miranda calls bullshit on both the bagels. Um, She says they're an excuse for Carrie to talk about Aiden and the fact that Carrie sent her boyfriend instead of coming herself. Carrie acknowledges the issue, and that's apparently that. Charlotte announces to the girls at the diner that she's going to quit her job at the gallery. The girls are surprised, but Charlotte seems to be talking herself into the decision. She calls Miranda the next day to tell her she feels that she was really judgmental at the diner. Um, Miranda points out that perhaps Charlotte isn't entirely comfortable with her own decision, and it's not about Miranda's judgment, but rather Charlotte's Charlotte's own judgment of herself. Ultimately, Charlotte hires a woman to replace her at the gallery, who is literally Charlotte 2.0, and that's that with her (laughs) storyline. So with Carrie and Aiden, it seems that we're right back where we started. The episode opens with Carrie and Aiden kissing and Aiden doing that weird moaning thing. And then, <laughs> and then Big calls and leaves a message on the answering machine that he is back in town. Oh, he sure do. <laughs> and Carrie gets worried because Aiden is distant um, after the answering machine incident. And rather than initially address the issue head on, she tries to dance around it. She doesn't get the reaction that she's looking for. In fact, she gets like a slap to the back with a nicotine patch. And so she asks. She decides to be direct, thank goodness. And he says he's not stressed about the answering machine. He's stressed about furniture chemicals and not having a dog walker for Pete. Carrie says she'll watch Pete and then asks if Aiden will go out to dinner with her that night. He says he's meeting up with the guys. She says, go ahead and go with the guys. But then she decides to roll into guys night where there are no other guys to say thank you to Aiden for helping with Miranda. Turns out Aiden and the bartender, Shayna, are the ones hanging out playing jacks with peanuts. He says he'll come over, but doesn't show up. She thinks this is all about her being punished. As promised, uh, the next day, I think it is, or later, Carrie's dog sitting Pete, and Pete has the runs. She decides to take Pete home and finds Aiden with the bartender at the furniture store chatting over coffee. Carrie asks him what he's doing. He says they are friends, and Carrie delivers one of the most direct lines I've ever heard come out of her mouth. Why don't you just fuck her? Then we can both be bad. Hmm. Which I actually kind of appreciated because like it's at least finally acknowledging like calling out what's actually or what she feels is actually going on. Oh, we're going to get there. (laughs) We're going to get there. I have things to say. I'm sure you do. Um, And then she leaves. And so later Aiden shows up at her apartment. He finally admits that he hates that big calls there. She tells him nothing will ever happen. Aiden asks her never to see big again. She says she can't do that. He's in her life. She says the punishment from him and from herself needs to stop. And then she asks repeatedly for forgiveness many times. And that's apparently how she gets back into Aiden's nook, more or less. The nook being the little space that she cuddles with him on his shoulder. Mm, Right. Okay. We already knew that Carrie was not reliable uh for miranda in yes uh, instances of medical need yes given that she didn't show up for the freaking lasik surgery last season either but i you know 
why – I mean, Aiden offers, I suppose. When I watched it again this morning, Aiden does she's, – she's saying to Aiden, I'm worried that it's too late to cancel the meeting with my editor. And Aiden says, I'll check on Miranda. So she really – like, she doesn't come up with that idea, but she may also be kind of needling him to offer by, like, speaking out loud about worrying about canceling this meeting. But, like, you suck. So <laughs> you really fucking suck. I came up with 45 seconds of television that would have solved this problem in my mind. Oh, okay. do it. So it actually looks like this. First, it looks like Carrie hangs up with Miranda. She calls and tries to get the editor to postpone or cancel the meeting. Yeah. Can't get her. Mm. Then she calls Miranda back. Miranda can't get to the phone because yes. she's now dropped it on the floor. So at least it looks like she makes the effort to A, try to solve the meeting problem. Presumably, yep. I mean, I get it. It's a meeting with your boss. You can't just no show, yeah. fine. So she t- tries to solve that problem. She um, tries to tell Miranda what's going on and ask maybe if she can come after the meeting or whatever, like assess the situation or can she call Charlotte right. or can she call someone? Anyway, who do you want right. me to call instead? I can't, I can't, or I can't come for an hour. So, and then she's like, sort of like panicking in her apartment, kind of tearing her hair out. Like, I can't leave my friend hanging. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And Aiden yeah. graciously says, I'll go check on her. That to me yeah. actually would make it feel totally different. You're absolutely right. Because it seems like she goes immediately to, oh, great. I'm off the hook. Yes. And I don't even have to try to solve this problem. Yes. I just, I'm not going to, yes. I'm not going to like engage. Yes. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. It just, it feels like very, um, I mean, maybe she didn't appreciate the sort of extent of Miranda's situation, but it felt just really like, but this, like, I'm at the center of the story. I'm, I need what I need and everybody else will have to figure it out. Yeah. Right. Oh God. And who does show up with bagels, but no cream cheese? Yeah. I kind of didn't really understand that. That doesn't make any sense at all. Capital offense. It doesn't make any sense at all. And then she's not even honest with Miranda. She's like, but Aiden's better in a crisis. No. She never even says to Miranda, like, I had a meeting with my editor that I couldn't get a hold of her for, couldn't cancel or felt I couldn't skip or whatever. Right. It's so weird. It's so weird. And when Miranda calls her out and says, these are bullshit bagels, you didn't even bring cream cheese, you're just here to talk about Aiden, Carrie apologizes and then proceeds to continue talking about Aiden. Because she's all up in her own mind about what's happening to her and that this is all some sort of, like, punishment. Well, what if it's not a punishment? What if it's just Aiden as being like a normal human being who got hurt and he's a little bit hesitant? It's not actually like designed to hurt you. It's not actually designed to punish you. It's just how he's feeling. I mean, it's just, she is so just like out of her mind, wrapped up in her own shit. That's not even that. I mean, there's nothing surprising about what's happening to her. Like she feels guilty. Aiden's still kind of like, is this the right thing to do? Like, I'm not really sure. I, I don't really know how I feel about this. This guy's still hanging around. I mean, there's nothing surprising about this. And she's acting like, oh, my God, I have to think about this all day, every day, or it's never going to get worked out. And I just don't know what is going to happen. And lady, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Also, maybe like, maybe back to, you know, the last episode, like maybe don't be in such a rush to be back into like solid right. boyfriend, girlfriend territory if you haven't really addressed all of this stuff. I mean, they jumped right back into it without ever really having, like, let's put it this way. The last conversation they had was outside the church. Right. Where she has like that day told him that she has cheated on him with big. 
Right. They never have like an actual, like sit down, like what happened? Why? Like, let's, let's like uh, unpack a little bit of it. And then all of a sudden we're back into it. So of course he still has thoughts and feelings and reactions to the fact that big is still around, which actually is my first coaching question for Carrie. And this Mm -hmm. might seem a little strong, but my question is, Carrie, what makes you unwilling to give up big? Mm -hmm. Like if Aiden is so important that you had to be back in a relationship with him, and you cheated on him with this other person. It is not actually an unreasonable request for him to ask you not to see that other person anymore. So knowing what we know about where the series yes. heads, we know why she won't go big. But and she's lying to herself about her relationship with Aiden Correct. currently. Fine. I agree with you and yet this episode drives me insane because I hate her so much. Like she's so awful through the entire episode. Also, where is she on Charlotte's decision? To leave her job. Yeah. Well, not re- it's not really relevant. She's like, meh. She's fucking nowhere, right. which drives me insane. Like, they never have a single conversation about it. Admittedly, they only have conversations the writers write for them. But, yeah, fair enough. Like, she's nowhere on that. But at the same time, I am here for Carrie Bradshaw standing up to Aiden and saying, this is who I am. I'm going to be friends with this guy. And if you can't deal with that, I get it. But this is who I am. And also, you can't continue. Like, I'm not going to be with you if you're going to punish me for what I did in the past. Like, I am here for all of that. I just can't stand her in this episode. And because she's acting so selfish, but she's also acting so inconsistently. Like, she's telling Aiden, I want to be with you. Like, I love you so much. I want to be in the nook. I want, you know, us to go back to the way we were. And as you pointed out, but saying like, I will not give up the person that destroyed our relationship along with me the first time. And I mean, I kind of like, so I have a parallel, which is to mm. friends, the series friends. I don't know how oh, familiar, which, but like Ross and is it Emily, <laughs> I think Emily, the English woman that he's going to marry asks him to stop seeing Rachel. Right. Mm. And the challenge there is that they're all part of the same friend group and together all the time. That is not true in this situation. Like not seeing big is actually not difficult. He's not also friends with Miranda and Samantha and Charlotte. They don't go out every weekend. Like he's in and out of town. Like, can't you just put some distance there? If you're really so serious about making this work, can't you respect in some way his request? I understand your point too. If the answer is Mm -hmm. no, then fine, put that out there. But she almost puts it out there in a way that's like, no, like, this is who I am. This is part of my life. And you should be okay with that, which is yeah. unfair to me Yeah, to, to ask yeah. of Aiden. Well, it's just, it's, it's also just completely inconsistent with what she's telling Aiden that about their relationship. Yes. Yeah. Because if you do feel terrible and want forgiveness for what happened before, then a sign of good faith might be required. <laughs> yeah. Or it might be like, yeah, okay, we'll only talk on the phone, but I am not going to see him or I'm certainly not going to see him one-on-one. Right. Right. Like right. if we bump into each other at a restaurant, we bump into each other at a restaurant, but I'm not going to like go out of my way to hang out with him. Well, right. Exactly. So, I mean, oh, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I just, there's a lot in this. Like, I feel like she's not, it's the word I'm looking for. She's not grounded in this episode. That's the word I'm no. looking for. No, she she is like way up, you know, in hysterical emotional response, like unable to get any sort of perspective other than her own. Yeah. I mean, and this wasn't one of my coaching questions, but it's almost like there's this like deeper significance to being back in the nook. And what is it? 
what is it that you're looking for by being like, what, what does being back in the nook prove to you? Yeah. It's almost like that's the, that's the thing that she's decided is the signal that like, okay, I have atoned. Yes. Like I'm right? fully forgiven. I can forgive myself. He's forgiven me. I'm back in the nook. Right. And also why didn't they date? <laughs> I mean, why didn't they just say like, yeah, let's hang I mean, out again. Like, let's hang out romantically again and not put any labels on it, you mean? Right, because they immediately go from... I, that's what I mean. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah, like, he stops by and says, let's go for a walk with Pete. She runs out. And then all of a sudden, they're, like, over at each other's houses all the time yes. again. And it's like, why didn't you just start going... Like, by going out on a few dates? Why is it just like, okay, we're back together, like, you know, 100%. right. Because I guess that's that's how she knows that she's forgiven, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, that is that is the crux of these two episodes is, like, it, it's more about how do I prove that I'm okay? How do I prove that I'm forgiven? How do I prove that I've atoned? Um, yeah. Which sort of gets to Aiden's comment at the very end of last episode when he came and, like, swept her to yeah. bed after she showed up at his door. You know, why are you doing this? Are you trying to make up for the past? Like, I don't need you to. I'm okay. I'm good. Like, I've taken care of it. Like, I've made it. Yeah, exactly. And with myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. She's a nightmare. So I'm going to use that second one. And then I have a two-parter for Charlotte, which oh, yeah. actually could be for – well, let me say the questions I have for Charlotte. It's a two-parter and it's what excites you about quitting your job and what fears do you have about quitting your job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really just to take the time to name that, right? Yeah. Well, and I don't, I didn't feel that the writers did justice to her decision. It, it's sort of, as you pointed out in your recap, like it's almost like she had this idea yesterday when Trey mentioned it and then she's trying to talk herself into it. And Charlotte's always loved her job. Like we've always been led to believe that Charlotte was invested in her job, she loved her job, the girls always go to her openings, you know, she's really a lover of art. We see her at her job many times in the first two seasons less last season, but certainly in the first two seasons we see her there quite a bit. There's no reason to believe that Charlotte has kind of, you know, a tough relationship with work or doesn't like what she does. And then it's just kind of like, oh, I'm thinking about leaving my job and starting to glaze bowls and color me mine instead and be pregnant and raise money for AIDS. And I just – it's so flip and it happens so fast. And it doesn't seem like there's been a lot of reflection other than, well, I'll be pregnant. I'll be a mom and then like that's that. And so doing the reflection on kind of like the pluses and the minuses, like what are you going to lose? What are you going to gain? Like what's exciting? What's, you know, fearful? That's a really great exercise for, you know, anyone going through it, considering a huge life transition to think through. Yeah. Because I think sometimes when you can put it down on paper like that, what you realize is like, okay, this is what I'm afraid of. And then you can kind of account for, well, like let's, I'll just use an example. Like let's say she's afraid of, um, losing the ability to sort of really use her brain. Well, how else, if you're not going to do that job, how in this new life that you're creating, could you stay in, you know, mentally engaged in things? Is it through the fundraising that you're going to do? Is it through some other route? You know, I think what I hear her saying is like, I'm, I'm being stretched too thin because I'm trying to, you know, manage the renovations and we're trying to get pregnant and, 
you know, I want to be a present mom. I want to be around, you know? Um, And so how do I do that and retain this job? I don't see a path. So I think the only way forward is for me to quit, Um, which maybe it is the only way forward, but have you even considered sort of the, like the wider range of possibilities that would meet your needs on a path forward? I think, I think that the thing that's really telling about why that exercise would be really good for Charlotte is the fact that she she lies to the new mm-hmm. like to the job candidate. She tells the job candidate that she's on the board of, you know, this hospital and it's not true. And it's funny, I just had a a client recently decide to leave her job like for an indeterminate amount of time she is no longer going to work. Mm-hmm. And when we kind of we did an exercise very similar to this and one of the things that came up was a major fear was, I don't know what I'm going to tell people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just say like, well, I'm a housewife or I'm a mom. Or like she was very uncomfortable with like the available labels that she felt were out there to tell people like when they said to her, what do you do? What was she going to say? Mm-hmm. And it's clear that like Charlotte hasn't thought this through because when – She's confronted with, you know, well, why are you leaving this amazing space? She doesn't know what she wants to say about it. Like she's uncomfortable telling other people about her decision and the true reasons for it, but she hasn't thought through like language to manage that Mm -hmm. because she hasn't thought through like, what are my fears? Well, and I think part of what's going on, we get a hint at too, because I forget where, whether it's at the diner conversation or in the conversation with Miranda on the phone, but she says something along the lines of like, I know you think that I'm one of those people we hate who quits their job when we get married. And I'm like, that's, I mean, I think what she's up against is she is actually that person. Mm-hmm. And they supposedly hate that whole category of people. Therefore, it's not okay to be that person. And yeah. I think we get a little bit of a resolution when the new person that she hires says something along the lines of like, you know, my mom worked all the time and it would have been nice to have her around more that we get Charlotte maybe kind of leaning into owning that, hey, this is actually about being more available for my hypothetical future child. That right. is why right. I'm making this choice. Well, and maybe if she had gone through the, what am I excited about? What am I fearful of exercise? She would have come up with, you know, I'm fearful that I will turn into something I supposedly hate, right? And maybe go through like, why did I- Why did I hate that? I hate- Yeah. Right. Why why did I set that construct up as, you know, I hate this class of people who do this thing? Which, just to be clear, if we had been coaching Charlotte all along here- she would have already worked through that, right? Yeah. Because this is an issue. This is an issue that we have touched on many moons yeah. ago. Yeah, exactly. And I mean that exactly. like tongue in cheek, but I also mean that to say that that is part of the beauty of coaching, right? Is that sometimes we get to take on these beliefs and then that sets us up to be able to make easier decisions in the future. So. Right, right. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of reasons why she might have, you know, set up that we don't like women mm-hmm. who quit their jobs after they get married, but, you know, she was in a place where she was, you know, concerned that she might not get married and, you know, trying to be okay with figure that. out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Trying to be okay with that and 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 figure out why why is it good that I'm still single? And that was probably one of the reasons that she decided on. Like I can still stay, you know, in charge of this gallery. It's beautiful. I love it. It feels like my own. Can we also talk about how glib she is about who she selects as her <laughs> She's like, you're hired. 
You're hired because you said I you mean, love you love everything that I've done. Okay. Right. I was just kind of like, I don't believe that Charlotte would have no, been I that. Don't she would have. I, the Charlotte strikes me as like she would have interviewed all 50 candidates in the waiting room twice. You know what I mean? Like Yes. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I d- <sighs> but to take it, I mean, to extrapolate a little bit, maybe that tells us a little bit more even about where her emotional, where she is emotionally with this decision. It's like, she's not in her head about this. Like she's got all the feelings about it. And so she's just sort of acting yeah. on feelings. Yeah. 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 And you get that at the end when, you know, she decides not to finish her last day and she walks out and she says, I'm, I think I'm done. Yeah. She's just, she's got some sense of completion. Like this part of my life is complete yeah. for now. Yep. And, you know, she walks out looking amazing. She does and, look amazing and, in that scene. Oh my God. And just like walking down the street, like, Whatever she needed to get through to feel good in that decision, she has gotten yeah, through. Yeah, she, she has landed. So we talked about grounded. Yes. She has landed in that decision. Yeah. For, for sure. sure. Yeah. For sure. Yep. Oh, God. She looks just – this whole episode, Kristen Davis looks amazing. That, like, Ralph Lauren outfit she's wearing when she's on the phone with uh, Miranda. Yes. and then the, Oh, I the, love that outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. She just looks so good in this episode. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah. So those are my three and a half coaching questions, right? So <laughs> we have for Carrie, what assumes, I mean, I'm sorry, what makes you unwilling to give up big? And then I, we sort of got into the deeper issue of like, what are you really after here? Like, what are you really trying to prove by getting back in the nook? And then we have for Charlotte, what excites you about quitting your job and what fears do you have about quitting your job? And actually what I wanted to say on that one too, is like those questions could equally apply to Miranda, who seems to be the only one to really weigh in with an opinion here is like, what makes you uncomfortable about Charlotte quitting her job and what value can you see or what opportunity can you see if she makes this choice Mm. and to really get her to think about that as she supports her friend through this process. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's a really good point. Mm -hmm. So awesome. Well, thanks for being here today and we will see you again next week for another episode. Hey everyone, it's Becky. If you're enjoying what you're hearing here, you can support us by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and by following us on Facebook or Instagram at coaching.carry.podcast. Thanks for being a listener. Hey, that's Becky. To connect with me, the easiest way is to head over to my website at untanglehappiness.com. There you can learn more about the services I offer, as well as get additional information about my book, The Happiness Recipe, a powerful guide to living what matters. I look forward to connecting with you. Hey, it's Carrie. I would love to connect with you out in the world at carriewalshcoaching.com. There you'll find more information about me, coaching, blog posts, and an opportunity to sign up for my newsletter. Or if you or your company is looking for executive coaching, you can check out theatalantagroup.com for more information. That's the A-T-A-L-A-N-T-A group.com.